So yeah, so Pastor Chad, was he's been in New York for this past week, and really, he's been in New York just in the presence of the Lord, and in prayer, and just refreshment and rest, and um, what a good place to be. You know, as a leader, we really do need to be in that place constantly. And, and so he went there just to be in the prayer room at the City Church in New York, and getting refreshed, but then he got sick, <laughs> and now his whole family's sick. So, uh, as Katie prayed earlier, we are in full agreement um, of healing over their family. And so, they, yeah, he, he touched base with me, and he was like, hey, would you like to do uh, the message on, on Sunday? This was Friday. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> What would you like me to do it on? He said, well, you know, just prayer, maybe prayer, because he was in the place of prayer. I was like, yeah, I always have a stirring for, in my heart for more prayer. And so to the, to this morning, um, I'm not going to give you a message, really. I'm going to give you a challenge. I'm going to give you a challenge. This is the day to, to go to the next level with prayer. This is the day where we are actually... It's say, hey, I'm at one place now, but actually, when, before I leave, I want to be at another place. Amen? It's a part of our DNA here, is prayer. Chad carries that very well, is prayer. Worship, prayer, the Word. And so that's who we are, prayer. Right? So, I want us to actually leave here with a lifestyle formed around prayer. Because that's who we are. And so, prayer is a communion with God. It's fellowship, a relationship, and intimacy with Him. Amen? So, I want to ask you today, how is your prayer life? Where are you at in your prayer life today? We can always, like I said, go to the next level. Even if we're praying somewhat today, we could actually go to the next place of prayer. Amen? You can never actually be to the full limit of prayer and say, hey, I'm good. I reached to the full limit. We can always grow and grow and grow in prayer. It's like a muscle. It can always grow, right? You can always push it to the next level. So um, I want to talk to you guys about a dream that I had several years ago. And in this dream, I walked up and there's this beautiful castle and I walked in, and I saw Jesus there, and He's so bright and so beautiful, and I put my head down in shame. And my garments were filled, they were filthy and dirty, and Jesus approached me, and He looked at me, He put my head up and looked at me, and He took off those filthy garments, and He placed pure and spotless garments on me. The same with all of you here. In Zechariah 3, it actually states that he's taken filthy and uh, dirty garments off of you and placed pure and spotless garments on you. And right after that, after he put those pure garments on me, he said, follow me, Andrew. Do you know that he actually knows your name? He said, follow me, Andrew. And so I followed him. And he said, sit with me. And I sat with him. And I looked at him, and he was super beautiful. And I, I had tears coming down my face. 
And I could barely look at him because he was so beautiful. And I just sat in his presence with no shame, no guilt, just sat there. And his presence was so wonderful. And I sat there for a long time. And then he said, stand with me, Andrew. And I saw a wall. And it just vanished. The wall vanished. And I saw a whole bunch of darkness out there. And people operating in sin and crazy chaos. But yet, he didn't look like he was panicking. He just said, you see all this? You see what needs to be done? Do you see my heart? See, whatever you say in that darkness, you can actually declare life over that. And you're going to see it take place. A switch where the light is going to shine in the midst of the darkness. You're going to hear my heart for all that is going on, the chaos. You get to partner with me. You get to be with me in my presence. But you see, that's not just me. That's for all of us. So the question is, where do you see yourself sitting? Do we see ourselves over around the corner with our heads down in shame and guilt? Or from a distance? Well, Jesus actually is coming after you. He came after you to remove that guilt and shame. And he invited you in to sit with him in heavenly places. Hebrews 4.14 through 16. See then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast confession For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to the help in the time of need. See, right there is that we actually have because of His mercy and because of His grace, He's given us, now we have the choice of coming boldly. You see? We have the choice of coming boldly with assurance and confidence of who we are as sons and daughters to come boldly to His throne. We're the only ones that actually separate. You get that? Because the door is always wide open. He's always calling us to come. 1 Peter 2.9 But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special, special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into the wonderful light. Once you are not a people of God, once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. But now we have received mercy. He calls this right here a royal priesthood. So we're actually royal priests. We're sons and daughters, but we're also called royal priests here. You see, identity has a huge, 
huge part with prayer. Because if we don't know our identity, if we don't know who we are, if we don't have that assurance, then it's going to constantly be a God far off. That we don't know if He's hearing my prayer. We don't know where I sit, right? So we don't have that assurance and confidence. So through Jesus, He's given us ultimate access and authority in prayer. He's the one ultimately that has removed the veil. That now we could be a high priest. Because before, only a certain amount of people, high priests, could actually enter in. But Jesus actually removed that to say, hey, I removed the veil so now you can enter in. At any time, at any moment. This is good news. Amen? So now, where do we go from here? Well, Colossians 4.2, devote our, yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Also, pray without ceasing. How do we do this? What does this look like? Right? This is crazy. How could we actually walk in this? Well, let's look to Jesus. Okay? So I actually... He's calling on us right now. (laughs) So let's look at... uh, So we, we take a look at Jesus and... He prayed constantly. He was in a constant prayer mode. Right? So we look to Him. He is the one that actually showed us how to pray in many levels, in many ways. But I actually, what I did is I went through and I found all those areas of prayer and I actually separated them in three areas. Upward, inward, and outward. And I want to I coach and help you guys just on... Bring in this with you in your prayer life. But first, the first and the priority is being upward. Okay? That is the priority. I think a lot of us, what happens is we go too much inward. We ask. It's all around asking. But really, upward is the most important. And it starts with upward is praise and thanksgiving. Do you know that praise is the gateway to His presence? If you need more of His presence, that's the gateway. Is step in with praise. In Psalms 104, Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. Praising Him in good times and rough times. It's easy to praise Him in good times, Right? But how hard is it to praise Him in rough times? So I want to give an example. Um, Jesus was walking and 5,000 men plus, so that means there is women and children, so there's thousands that are following that were starving, hungry, and probably complaining and murmuring a little bit, Right? And the disciples go, what are we going to do? Like, they're hungry. And I don't think Jesus ever was like, oh no, stressed out about it. You know? Freaking out. Like, I don't know. What are we going to do? This is crazy. But the disciples, I think, were a little bit freaked out. And yet, 
Jesus said, what do we have? Five loaves of bread, two fish. Do you think Jesus was flipping out then? No. What did he actually do? He actually praised and thanked the Lord for what he had. Right? And out of the area of praise and thanksgiving, that's when the Father multiplied it. You see? I think what happens too much is that we go in the area of like, oh, we focus on what we don't have. You see? And we ask for what we don't have, but yet we don't actually step in the area for what we do have and thank the Lord for what we have. He looks at our heart. And so we actually stand in that place for what we have and say, thank you, Father, for the the five loaves of uh, uh, bread and the two fish. Thank you for that. Thank you for providing that. And out of that, in our heart posture, He multiplies it. You see, I think it is such a good thing when we praise, it moves God's heart. Can we actually put this to practice when we actually are with the Lord in prayer? Say, you know what, I'm going to devote at least five to ten minutes of just praising Him. For who He is, His nature. Praising Him for everything that He's given me and given us. Amen? Another thing is, is that he was always about the Father, right? To do the Father's will. See, we have such a culture of fast food mentality where we want everything right here, right now, right? Go through the drive-thru. Even then, we're waiting in line and we're complaining about it. (laughs) The internet's slow. So we have that mindset where we want it now, but actually that really hurts us when it comes to waiting, right? Because the Lord has actually called us to wait. And there's many scriptures on waiting. Waiting for His help, waiting for His deliverance, waiting for His strength. But really, Psalm 25.5 says, Lead me in your truth, and teach me. For you are a God of my salvation. On you I wait all day. Did you hear that last part? On you I wait all day. (laughs) So, uh, I have a story when it comes to waiting. I signed up. Why I say I signed up is because it was one of those I had to do, which is a good thing. But be in the prayer room 20 hours a week, you could say is a, a good thing and a hard thing and a difficult thing. And when you go to the prayer room five times a week for four hours a day, you run out of things to pray. <laughs> so you look at the clock and I go, wow, that was only 40 minutes. <laughs> but, but actually it's, a lifestyle of practice on waiting, for the, waiting on the Lord. Just sitting before His presence. Hearing what He has to say. Father, what do you want to say? What do you want to tell me? What do you want to do? This is a good opportunity if you're like, I don't know what to pray or how to pray. Just sit before His presence and hear Him. Wait on Him. Even if it's all day. <laughs> 
He also, what he did is he celebrated after healing. When people got healed, he would celebrate it and give glory to the Father in prayer. He often would go up into the mountains and pray in nature, right? I love to go pray when I'm surfing and have a swell time. <laughs> the Lord loves to wave at me. Okay, I'll stop there. <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll pray for healing afterwards. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so I encourage you to go into nature and pray because it's just such a good in- place of encounter. Also, the next way, the next way is inward. I'm going to talk about inward a little bit. Jesus often would go leave and pray alone. I want to encourage us to pray every day. That's the challenge, to pray every day. Not just before meals, right? Not before we go to bed, but actually take it to that next level of praying consistently every day and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to pray for 30 minutes or maybe even 10 minutes. Just put a limit to your prayer. I want to actually help you right now. This is how you grow in prayer. You actually pray scripture, all right? So, I turn to, let's say, oh, first psalm I pulled up, Psalm 27. <clears throat> All right? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Yes, Lord, you are my light. You are my salvation. Thank you for saving me. Setting me apart. You set me apart from fear. Whom shall I fear? You're my strength. Of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? That was verse verse one right there. So you read it, then you pray it. Simple, right? Okay, let's go to Ephesians. Let's say one. So I'm going to Ephesians one. One seventeen. How do I pray for somebody? Here you go. One seventeen. That the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding, being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in his saints. Okay, so, the Father of glory, we ask for your glory to come forth today. I ask that you give the spirit of wisdom and revelation and understanding to whoever that is. It could be yourself, right? <laughs> so that's how you pray scripture. I encourage you to pr- uh, make a prayer list. Make a prayer list. Put it on your dashboard in your car. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you a way out of excuses right now. <laughs> Put it in a dashboard of your car. Put it in your frigera- on your refrigerator. Put it in your bathroom. Put it on an index card. Put it in your pocket. You pull out that, start declaring scripture over those people or those things, and praying. This is a way of growing and being stretched. Right? We can't no longer just constantly give our way excuses. The only way to get out of excuses is actually pursuing and doing these things, right? So, 
All right, so important decisions. Constantly prayed for that. Prayed with others. Praying together. So, I want to really, really encourage us because that's a part of our DNA is prayer, but also praying together. I really, if, if you're not involved with praying with somebody or even coming here, we have many opportunities that you can pray. I want to encourage you to, to get involved in those areas to pray. With, there's something about corporate prayer that actually moves the heart of God, but it also moves your heart. If you're like, I don't, I tell you what, when I went to the International House of Prayer, because Katie and I went there for about a year and a half, did an internship, and I went into the prayer room, and I was used to praying with people, but, but actually getting stretched even further than that, to pray constantly was a little hard for me. <laughs> you know, I was there for 20 minutes, and I was like, okay, this is awesome, and now let's go out, let's share the gospel with other people. But then the Lord was like, no, I just want you to sit. I want you to pray. I want you to learn how to pray. I want you to pray with others. So when we actually place ourselves, when it's uncomfortable to pray with others, that's how we grow in prayer as well. Does that make sense? So when you don't feel like showing up, you should probably show up. When you don't feel like praying, you should probably pray. When you feel uncomfortable and go, ah, I don't know if that prayer is, that prayer group's for me, you should probably go. Like I said, there's many opportunities. There's Tuesday morning, 6 o'clock if you're an early morning person. Thursday morning. Wednesday night. There's, even if you want to come here with a, a couple people and go up in the prayer room, make it happen. Okay? We want to encourage you to, to do that. We want to be a place that hosts prayer. Amen? Can we do that together as a family? Can it not just be, oh, well, prayer's not my thing? No, let's actually, we're all called to pray. Let's come together in prayer. Jesus is often, he prayed before meals. Who here prays before meal? Probably most of us, right? All right, now I'm going to shift over to outward focus. He prayed in the public. Jesus prayed for others, and I'm going to give a few examples. When I worked at Lowe's in Kansas City, I was like, he, he took us to Kansas City, and I thought I wasn't going to have to work, but he was like, I want you to go work. And so I worked at Lowe's. <laughs> and so... What I did, he's like, oh, Lord, I thought you brought me here for ministry. And he's like, this is your ministry. Yeah. It's like, okay. The Lord was building something in me at Lowe's. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I would walk around that, each alley and just each department and just pray constantly who worked there, whoever went through there. Prayed for months, every single day, every single day at work. Just walk around and prayed, walk around and prayed. Prayed for opportunity, prayed for them to encounter Jesus. And I did that for a time. And then he was like, well, start to do a Bible study. So then I started to do a Bible study in my lunch break. Then I started seeing fruit out of prayer. 
where people started giving their lives to Jesus, which was, amaz- was so awesome. But it started with prayer. It started for changing that atmosphere. Wherever I worked, I would pray. I prayed for people for months and months. And all has to do with prayer. Another area is criticizing and judging. All right. Okay, when we do these things, this is what we're saying. When we criticize and judge others, we're saying God is not doing a good enough job. Ouch. So I have a, I have a story for you. At VTC, I used to work at VTC. It's a vocational training center, okay? We would go out in the community on buses, and we would train them how to do uh, life skills and, and work and all that kind of stuff. And one time, uh, there's this guy, he's in a wheelchair with a disability, and we're just standing there at the bus stop, and this guy comes, comes right in my face and starts threatening me. And I'm like caught off guard. And then the, the guy in the wheelchair starts hitting himself because he's not like what's going on, and he's saying, stop it, to the guy. And then the guy goes over to Justin in the wheelchair and starts threatening him. And I'm like, what? You know, like, and so he's a gang member, and he left, and I had, like, all of a sudden, I just wanted to criticize and judge him for doing that. That was the first thing that popped in. I wanted to go tell everybody else, all the other employees, and then God said, what does that have to do with changing the circumstance? You're actually partnering with him and partnering with the enemy. That's not changing what's happening right now. So why don't you pray? Why don't you pray for him? Why don't you pray for gang members? So that night, we went to a prayer meeting in Oceano, and we prayed for gang members. And that night, that exact same night, as we're crying out for gang members, for breakthrough and for them to be delivered and set free and to know Jesus, the following day, we found out 10 gang members gave their lives to Jesus. In Oceano, as we were praying. Now, I, if I would have actually p- walked in the spirit of criticizing and judging and left it there instead of prayer and intercession, then I probably wouldn't have seen, seen that happen, you see. I want to encourage us, instead of walking out, criticizing and judging, partnering with Jesus and interceding and blessing and contending and partnering with him for them to have breakthrough in their lives. Amen? Amen. Can we do that? Can we? We're actually called to do that. Do you know? We're actually called because we're not actually the one on the throne. So another area is discernment. So a couple times, I would always say, what's going on? Like my back would start hurting or I'd all of a sudden get depression. But the Lord's like, well, there's somebody around you that has a back problem or has depression. Why don't you lift them up in prayer? So I would always 
not exactly run into that person, but I would always lift up prayer, uh, prayer towards that. Because it might not even be you. It might be somebody else around you, but the Lord has actually called you to step in the gap and intercede and pray for the person that's actually going through it. What happens is that we actually settle and we go, oh man, that's, I don't know where this depression came from. This isn't me. It usually doesn't hit me. But actually, yeah, you're right. It probably isn't you. It's somebody else, and you're actually called to pray. So I'll give you another example. Uh, one time I had planter's warts on my feet. Yeah, it's pretty gross. I won't pull up any pictures or anything like that. But I had about six planter's warts on my feet. And they're, they're extremely painful. They're like walking on nails. Like really painful. And um, so I'd walk around and I'd make, man, Lord, just heal these planter's warts. Heal these planter's warts, please. Because I, I look like I'm walking like I need to go to the bathroom. But anyway, just heal these planter's warts. They're so painful. And my job consistently would be like I have to be on my feet so, and walking. So it was, but the Lord was like, hey, quit focusing on yourself so much. There's other people out there that has planner's words that you need to pray for. I'm like, okay, Lord. So I started praying for other people that had planner's words. And so I went to a prayer meeting and the Lord put on my heart. It's like, does anybody here have planner's words? <laughs> Obviously, they're not going to jump up and go, yeah, that's me, right? So one lady, she slightly raises her hands and goes, that would be me, yeah. I'm like, okay, I, f- I feel like I need to lay my hands on your feet. <laughs> and very uncomfortable, but I want to listen to the Holy Spirit. So I put my hands on her feet and pray for her. The following morning, I wake up, and my wife goes, where's your planner's words? They fell off my feet. I ran... I ran into her. I ran into her two days later, amen. And she said, My planner's words are gone. Amen. So, amen. Thank you, Lord. I want to encourage you not to make it always all about yourself. So, that's what I want to encourage you about is that really I believe that the Lord is taking us, He wants to take you to that next level of prayer. So it's not all centered around yourself of asking about you. It's actually outward focus, all people around you that are going through it as well and looking for opportunities to bless and pray for people constantly. Amen? So I believe today is a day for urgency. This day is a day of urgency to pray like never before. You see all this stuff going on around us. Well, guess what? Like I said before, you see this stuff, but it's up to you to do something about seeing this stuff. And that is partnering with Jesus and Him in prayer. Jesus called His disciples to pray. And yet they fell asleep, not just once, but three times in Matthew. They fell asleep three times. He came back, they were asleep. He came back, they were asleep. He came back, they were asleep. Obviously, they missed the urgency to pray. 
That was right before he actually died on the cross and rose again, right? I believe we are a church that is called to pray. It's not be a church that is sleeping. Let's not be that church that is okay with things continuing to go on on the outside and in the inside. The urgency is here. Maybe some of us have fallen asleep, but guess what? It's not too late. It's not too late to wake up. It's not too late to partner with Jesus and pray. So I want to encourage us. God is more eager to answer prayer than we are to ask. He's just there. He's there waiting. He's saying, do you know that in Revelation 5.8 it says this, that he's actually collecting our prayers in the bowl of incense. Do you know that it actually, the, the incense is actually good to him? He actually gets excited about it. He actually gets moved by it. He's not like, hey, get that stink out of here. <laughs> no, he's like, yes, keep going. Keep moving my heart. Keep praying. I love you, son. And I saw this once, too, as I was praying, is that the father is so intimate. He so wants to be involved, but yet we might have a picture because we have a bad picture of what our fathers look like if our father's never been around or you talk to your father, he's not listening or he's been abusive and all that kind of stuff, but you wear those lenses and so you have the same lenses as though when you approach the father that he might be the same way, but that's not true at all. He's not that way at all. He wants to be intimate and evolved and he's saying come to me son and daughter sit upon my my lap hear my thoughts about you hear my thoughts about others hear my heart and my heartbeat it's a safe place of prayer it's a safe place in his presence are we eager to pray today are we desiring to step in that place of prayer do we have that mindset of prayer is kind of boring or prayer is not for me or I've been there done that well today's the day where that's going to be broken off because we're going to actually walk up a lifestyle of prayer today I believe that as a church. I believe that as a body. I believe that as a family. That we're called to pray like no. Like nothing other. Who's with me on that? Who wants to pray? Who wants to pray together? Who wants to see stuff happen around Santa Maria and the Central Coast? Who wants to see stuff? Who wants to see family members get saved and set free? Who wants to see a breakout of revival take place? Who wants to be healed? Who wants just to sit before Him in His presence? Isn't there a lot of benefit by being in the place of prayer? 
we can no longer miss out on that benefit. We can no longer let there be another day without entering in His gates with praise and thanksgiving, giving our requests to Him. If we have anxiety, if we have things that come upon us constantly, today's the day where we can trust Him and give it to Him. When we choose not to pray, we're choosing for ourselves to control it. When we choose to pray, we're giving it over to Him and trusting Him. So let us enter in that place where we're choosing to trust Him and devoting ourselves in every situation, even if it's small. You know, when I first gave my life back to Jesus when I was 19, I prayed even as I was going to the grocery store. (laughs) I want that back, (laughs) really. It's like, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to go to the grocery store. Keep me safe. I give this over to you. I ask for divine appointments. I ask for healings to take place. I ask for opportunity to come forth. Every single time. I want that fire again. Maybe some of our fire has kind of run dim and when it comes to prayer. But it's the day where the Lord's turning up the fire for prayer once again. And so I just want to honor someone who's carried prayer for many years, been a part of prayer movement and still is, really devotes herself to prayer, Goes into the prayer room even if there's nobody there, which is very hard to do, by the way. When there's nobody to pray with consistently day after day, but yet you go and pray in the prayer room. It's hard to do. But she contends and contends and cries out, and her heart for prayer is so powerful. I just want her to come up and share a little bit and release prayer over us as well. And we can welcome Patty. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yes. 